for context, Sienna is very excited because she wanted a recording sign, so we put recording on a post-it note, and Haley put it up just as we started. Perfect. Yeah. So now I don't have to be like, oh, or I know. I know. Perfect. Her original thought was just always assume we're recording, but that wasn't good enough for you. You need. Well, to because post here's it. the thing. That's when I'll tell my funniest joke, and then nobody's recording, and then I'm just sad. So now I know. And now we know what your funniest jokes are. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the level we're going to aim to today. Uh-oh. All right. Sure. What are we going to talk about today, Sienna? Today we've actually like we're ready to go. We've, we've done more topic. planning for this. Than any other episode, I mean, really. but do we want to share why we've done more planning? Because we've already spent, you know, probably, what, over an hour on this already? Oh, it was at least an hour and a half. Right. So, so we <laughs> attempted to record this, and it didn't go well. We discovered that if you're working in a kennel, and that's where your recording studio is, don't do it in the evenings during dinner time. That is loud. It was a little loud. It was a little loud. Every dog wanted to be a co-host, and unfortunately, our roster cannot be that long. So. Also, they sucked at it. Yeah. They just were not good at it. There was a lot of digging. Yeah. There was a lot of barking. There was a lot of, like, everyone needed to get so Crying. comfortable, and then everyone needed to hit their bowls 47 yeah. times. But we learned from that. Yep. We're taking it as a learning experience. So, and it gave us the ability to come in here today and, like... We did not spend 30, 40 minutes talking about what we should talk about. Yeah. We knew what we were talking about. So. We still don't know what we're talking about. I mean, about I shouldn't. I Like, it's still not organized, but like. Not at all. Better than other episodes have been. That's true. This Why? is our version of very version. organized. So we're going to talk about how to find a trainer. Because that is idea. the most <laughs> requested thing yeah. ever. Like, both in person and online. And just like. I feel like in email. emails. Oh, yeah. We get a ton of emails going like, how do I vet trainers? How do I find a trainer? And like, especially since like on TikTok, you've, you know, been pretty popular. Um, We get Which lots of being like, hey, I'm not in your area, but how do I find a trainer like, like you? Or like, how do I find a trainer kind yeah. of thing? So here we are. I mean, the too long didn't read version of this is Google. <laughs> but the the shorter, well, no, the longer version is yeah the shorter version is like google and yeah. just call some people the long version though is you got to know what you're looking for right and the problem is a lot of people don't know what they're looking for but they also don't know what they're looking for from their dog like they think kind of everything is obedience yeah they don't know that they're looking for a behavior trainer or a puppy trainer right just dog training is dog yeah. training they're like i googled dog training I'm like which well, like this is cool yeah but there's just some options yeah, we within can that Google. Be a little pickier. Yeah. Filter thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what the eye roll is for, but I'm very sure it was good. <laughs> is it another pun? Because I'm really not happy if it's. No, 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 no. Nope. Nope. No. <laughs> you hit it again, didn't you? Just now, yes. But anyway, oh, and go. <laughs> and go where are we yeah. going oh we're we going got a little here. well we just got a little sidetracked here we so did I'm trying to help it's editing. okay Haley's really good at editing she shit out now fun. shout out to Haley. shout out to Haley. so we're four episodes in and that have been released and man you guys you guys have never seen the uncut version of these <laughs> and we're, we're glad that those will never make the light of day so let's give a shout out to our editing producer director Haley. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Big clapping. Big yeah. clapping. 
Um, yeah, watch because she's the editor. She's gonna cut that in. Hundred percent. And look, oh! she's gonna nod. That's rude. Quick, say something that's really good so she has to keep that in. This is the most important piece of dog training advice you will ever hear ever. Done. She can cut that out. Yeah. I was hoping you were gonna give us like the top industry secret right there. <laughs> The top industry secret is that this entire industry is unregulated and no one knows how to actually source out any part of the industry and and separate it out. And yeah, here's us telling you this is a very unregulated industry. If you are not aware, anybody, you can graduate high school and just walk out and be like, I'm a dog trainer. You Mm -hmm. can pick up a leash and from the dollar store and say, I'm a dog trainer. Like... Make a website, make a Facebook profile, you're a dog trainer. Magical. And a lot of people do. Yeah. So many. Which is why filtering, which is why, like, actually, like, when, like, choosing a trainer is, like, yeah, like, that's an important step. Mm-hmm. Let's not skip it. Yeah. Yeah. The the act of calling the trainer and hiring a trainer, yes, that's something that needs to be done. But the act of vetting your trainer mm-hmm. is equally as important. Yeah. And most people don't realize this until they're three or four trainers in and they've tried all these trainers and they haven't really been successful, but they also really just don't know what they're looking for. They're like, hey, I, but I, we sent a board and train home the other month and they're like, but I hired a trainer. I'm like, you hired a trainer that has no website, no credentials, doesn't have, have any experience, has like two or three dogs of their own that they've kind of trained and a handful of client dogs and you accepted this as and their information as oh are you choking to death and accepted their information as like the best the industry could do yeah so i think one of the things people need to understand is like when you're looking for a trainer and you get three trainers in and four trainers in and each one has not helped you you need to train how change how you're searching for a trainer because there's a lot of people that come here that are on their third or fourth or fifth trainer. And the reality is, is that their first, second, and third trainer are trainers that have no website, have no experience. It's literally just like a guy with a dog whose friend said, oh yeah, this guy has a well-trained dog. Or this girl, like, or has a nice Instagram. Or like, yeah, like, we're their fourth or fifth trainer, but like, we're the only one that's been different so the first like three trainers were the exact same yes. essentially and like we didn't look at their like you know so nothing changed we just changed the name of what we were doing but yes. like nothing actually changed nothing and how they were training yeah. your dog changed so it's like yeah nothing changed so maybe it was time to reevaluate a method mm-hmm. oh 100 percent. yeah which like i think is also an issue of like not an issue but like that's another thing to keep in mind of like when if you've tried a trainer and it was unsuccessful maybe also like not only check that it was like accurate for your dog but also like maybe you just need a different method altogether or something or a different style a lot of people try group class after group class after group class because they like group classes are cheaper and i'm like by the time you hit your third round of group classes you've spent the same amount of money three to five privates would be and they would be way more effective or people do group classes because they're like well my dog is reactive to other dogs Mm -hmm. so then like that's how you solve reactivity is like you work around other dogs but then it's just like google tells you right so then it's just like maybe yeah try private training yeah people really like they try one thing and then they'll try it over and over and over again and i'm like if it doesn't work for you once and you try it again and it doesn't work again change something right but again, okay, so we got to make this somewhat productive, uh, right? So do we want to do like red flags, green flags? Let's do red flags, green flags. Red flags. What are, what are, you're looking for a trainer, red flag, you go to their website, 
you're just looking for a trainer first red flag first big red flag they have an awful website i know that's like really really like basic like but to me it's just like as i'm i'm 21 i'm 21 i how do i know your age better than you you're not old enough yes. to be yes. unsure about your age. Yeah, I'm 21. So it's just like to me, because I'm sorry, but I have gone to a couple websites of different trainers and especially local ones where it's like their website's very poor. Like mm-hmm. it's just like their website and their socials. You right. can actually nowadays you guys are more likely to run a business with just socials, That's not true. a website. Yeah. So like it's if they don't have a website and they don't have socials or like, yeah, they're just big active or just like, yeah, like just if they have one or the other moderate red flag because there are some people that just have one or the other totally and if their content is really good on their website but they don't have socials or their content is really good on socials but they don't have a website cool that even 100 but if they only have one and it's shitty right red flag yeah big red flag bad vibes so many bad vibes um i would also say if they don't if they have like stock photos and really like or just photos like Instagram and TikTok allow videos. Your right. website Why allows videos. videos. Well, yeah. Anybody especially... can take a picture of a dog sitting somewhere and be like, I asked it to sit and, and like sit. Part of me is like, yeah, if it's like a beginning training company, like I get you probably don't have all the world's like footage and photos to like use, but like mm-hmm. you must have something. You must have something of your own dog, which is like, I really, yeah, I don't like that when they're advertising like, yeah, come to this like teen group class and you can tell it's just like a stock photo of a pretty golden retriever and you're like... Here's the other thing is if you are new enough that you don't have that many pictures or videos or whatever of dogs, Uh you don't, you can't offer that many services. If you are brand new and you don't have enough footage or pictures or video of all the dogs you've worked for all the different things, you can't stop offering 70,000 things. Right. Focus on one thing. Get it good. Get it right. Do like private lessons. Do puppy classes. Mm -hmm. Do something that is very focused and spread out from there. But if you don't have enough clients or experience or photos of dogs doing the things for services that you offer, you probably shouldn't publicly offer them. It is one thing to offer a massive discount and be like, listen, I've never done a puppy board and train. I've never done a a reactivity private lesson. So I'm going to take you and I'm going to charge you like 20% of what I would normally charge anybody or I'm going to do it for free. Yeah, just to like get experience. But yeah, but I'm going to take photos and video. And if it's successful, I would love a review and I'm going to use all of that footage. Yes. And I would do that five to ten times before you ever consider even offering it publicly and but yeah if they don't have any and it's especially if we're talking like yeah that's for new companies but like if you're talking telling me like you're an established business oh, been yeah. in the business for five to ten years and you're still posting stock photos oh, or like God. the photo you took from like year one no that's weird like why don't you you should have plenty of footage at this oh, yeah. point and like photos so why are we using yeah that's... and it used to be like oh well i don't have like a good camera and i don't have this everybody has a phone yeah. now Yep. That's happening. And you can't really run a business anymore without a smartphone. So that's yep. happening. And don't tell me it's hard to get online and do all this. You have socials. Mm-hmm. And like it's one thing if you have a website and it's a bit out to date. But yeah. you have fairly up to date new content and media showing up all the time on all your other platforms. That's fine. Some people really like especially if you're older and you're established as a trainer and you probably have a decent amount of skill. You probably have a decent amount of clients. Those people haven't made their own website. Mm -hmm. They have someone that has made their website for them and they probably don't know how to change the stuff on the website or they have a website manager and it costs money to change that stuff. But socials don't cost anything. Mm -hmm. If you are, if you're in that situation and you're just putting up fairly new stuff 
frequently-ish on social media, but you have a ton of really great reviews, go oh, you. Boy. Yeah. And wonderful. Love that. Green flag. But yeah, if you have been in business 10 years and we don't have any video of you working groups of dogs and you say that's what you do, you don't have any video of an aggression rehab and you say that's what you do. Right. No. No, you are lying through your teeth. Yeah. No, that's not a thing. And the thing that actually it's more common now than it was two, three years ago. In the last two years, most dog training companies ran primarily on group classes with a bit of privates. And yeah. a few did board and train, but not really. But with the pandemic, pandemic group classes became very, very difficult to do. So a lot of people pivoted and some people went online, which is cool. But some people tried to pivot out of doing their, I don't know, five to 10 years of obedience group classes. And they tried to pivot into doing stuff like aggression board and trains. Mm-hmm. And they tried to pivot into doing stuff like reactivity and like, yeah, just like genetic behavior development. Like that might be more. Yeah. I'm like, like okay, yeah, cause but like, I get that that's going to make you money, but only if it makes you, it'll only make you money if you're good at it. Right. I was going to say like, well, it'll, or it'll make you money for a little bit until everyone realizes you're full of shit. And like, yeah. Literally then you that, just or tanked your business, especially if you're going down the aggression route until you get hurt. Oh, yep, you're gonna get hurt. Like yeah. if you just decide you are going to do puppy group classes and like not even real agility agility classes, and you decided to pivot to aggression, oh, oh, that's so, so dangerous. Yeah, and that I mean it's partially dangerous for you, but it's very very dangerous for the owners. Right, just. And that's kind of where we get into also red flag is if you say you are offering something like a sport class, Mm -hmm. if you say you are offering something like behavior work, if you say you are offering, I do confirmation classes. Do a background check. Yeah, absolutely. Look them up. Do you do confirmation? Do you do, do you do scent? You you should never come learn confirmation from me. Oh my God. Right. The fuck is a stifle? People are like, if they have a weak stifle, yeah. then their knee is gone. I'm like, my dog has had two knee surgeries. I still don't know what the fuck a stifle is. What? Confo people. Uh-huh. Yeah, right? Like, we're going to need to Google this. They're like, oh, well, you know, they've got a, a straight rear and a nice top line and sure. things. And I'm like, I, sounds I good, man. Like, I'm glad for you. I don't know. Don't come learn that from right. me. But in the same realm... Know what you're good at and be self-aware enough and fucking ethical enough to be like, this is what I'm not good at. Can I teach a dog to go over a jump and through a tunnel? Fuck yes, I can. Am I part of the world agility team where most members of the Canadian world agility team live in Edmonton, which is the city we are closest to. So you know what we don't offer? Agility. Yeah, (laughs) because I can't teach you to go through a tunnel better than they can. And I think... Like, if you're just, like, if you're an owner of a dog kind of thing, like, if you're learning, yes, this is an unregulated industry, this is also something that you can learn, which is, like, it's also, like, there are lots of different, like, niches. Types of training. Right, yeah, like, there's different, like, lanes, literally, of just, like, behavior is wildly different from, like, sport work, and sport work is wildly different from, like, puppy class. Like, you know, like, there's elements that are all the same throughout each, Mm -hmm. like, they're all dogs, yes, but I think some people have this thing of like, well, dog training is dog training. But if, especially if you're going through problems or you're looking for something specific, mm-hmm. there are specific people to teach specific things. Yes. Like there are general doctors, but there's also specialists who, you know, they go yeah. and do their each, like you wouldn't, you know? Yeah. My thing is all mechanics can fill a tire and change yeah. a tire, but 
I'm if I have some sort of fancy imported car that needs my transmission rebuilt, I need to go to a specialist. Yeah. I'm not going to Canadian Tire and going, do you have a three o'clock? Like, that's not a thing. Right. But that's also something people don't know. And right. I, so if you are looking for a trainer because you got a puppy mm-hmm. and you are looking for a puppy class, cool. Look, most trainers should be able to accommodate you. And I'm going to tell you, no matter methodology, experience, whatever, your puppy class is probably fine. My running motto is there's no bad puppy class. Because even if you like get bored or even if you don't learn a ton, at least your dog is there for the experience. Your dog is in a room with other people. Your dog is in a room with other dogs. Or you're just learning knowledge, even if it's an online like Zoom thing. You're learning something. It's an experience. Yeah. Like it's not... Maybe it's good info. Maybe it's bad it's, info. You can't but it's really information. fuck it up. Yeah. Exactly. You it's cannot like, fuck it okay. up. You're doing something. Yeah. But if you are like, wow, my dog uh, has massive reactivity or my dog is really, really fearful. If you call up an agility instructor and say, my dog is fearful, they're going to try and tell you how their niche can fix your dog. But if that doesn't make sense to you, like logically... You need to look at that with a bit of critical thought. If you say my dog is fearful and they go agility builds confidence and you say, okay, but my dog can't even go into like my friend's house. It's terrified of the floor. It cowers in a corner and pees. I don't even know if my dog can get in the building to do agility. And then they still try and tell you that climbing on random equipment while other dogs scream. So many, so it's like a parade of red flags. I mean, green flag if they go, no, this isn't what I do, but hey, check out this person. And then in years to come, if you ever remember, oh, you want to go do agility, think about that. Because then, hey, they knew what they were good at and they had the like decency to be like, hey, I'm not good at this, but hey, go see them because they actually know what you're talking about. Yes. And same if you're like, hey, I'm going in there and I'm like, these are my goals. My dog is really, really overwhelmed when we ride in the car. Mm -hmm. My dog is really overwhelmed when we ride in the car. My dog is really overwhelmed like getting on an elevator in my apartment building and I need to get out in and out of my apartment building. And if their solution is, hey, you, we're going to put you on a mat in a corner and we're going to tell you to lay on this mat and we're going to click treat while other dogs lay on this mat and click treat. And then we're going to tell you to take the stairs for the next six years so you avoid dogs. If the solution is move. Yeah. If the solution is not (laughs) at all related to the situation or just fairly outlandish, again, these are kind of the critical thinking skills that you need when vetting trainers. Because yeah. I'm going to tell you, I don't get offended by this at all. When people go, if they come in here and they're like, I have X problem. And I give you Y solution. And it doesn't sound like it's related to your problem. But 100% it is. I want the, the client to go, okay, why would I do that? that yeah. My problem is jumping on people. Why would I do that? Oh, let me tell you. Sit down because yeah. this lecture is going to be long. I have I have all <laughs> the glass of water. <laughs> yeah. So if your thing is, hey, my dog gets super overwhelmed on the elevator if someone else brings a dog in and their solution is, okay, I want you to take the stairs for the next month, but we're going to work on this. Yeah. And this is why 100% I'm cool in. times. Short-term management, long-term training, wonderful times. Lovely. But if their solution is not in relation... And they're like, okay, but lay on this mat in the corner. And you're like, okay, but my dog's okay when dogs are 25 feet away. Yep. My dogs are okay when someone's walking away from them. It's when they walk in the elevator to me in really close proximity. How is that going to fix this? And if they don't have, if they have an answer, 
powerful. If they don't have an answer, oh my god, run Red out the flag. door. Don't waste yep. your money. Um, yeah, and I think that that opens the door of also just like when you are vetting a trainer, it's like a huge portion of dog trait. Like at least when I mean, at least for the behavior side, I guess is just at least like go in with goals mm-hmm. and like talk to that trainer about your goals. Yes, because like. There's one, it's one thing to have a problem and it's another thing to have goals, I guess. Cause like yes. my problem when I came to you was like Oakley was eating the other dog in the house and Oakley was like losing her mind, but that, those weren't my goals. That's just like what's happening. Mm-hmm. So I think it's important to like go in with goals, talk to them about your goals, see if their answers and like what they have to say about your goals. Are they realistic? Can we achieve them? How mm-hmm. do we achieve them? Like those are all super, like if you're not sure about what questions to ask when you're doing your first assessment or you're not sure about like oh, we finally found a trainer we're going in. When yeah. you go in, think about what you actually want to achieve out of your lessons or whatever you're going for and talk to that trainer and then be like, mm-hmm. hey, this, this is my hope. Don't just like keep that because I find a lot of people have that in their brain of like, well, obviously I'm getting my dog my training. My secret, secret internal right. hope is that we get here. Or they make hey, assumptions. They make assumptions that like, okay, well, like I, I found a trainer, which means I've done all the work essentially. So like, obviously yeah. after these five lessons, my dog will be completely fixed. And there's just that assumption in their brain. But it's like, you, you make sure to vocalize that and clarify with your trainer, because maybe your trainer will be like, cool, those are good goals. But like, that's what's a realistic timeline for that. And like, mm-hmm. actually pick that apart because your assumptions may not be my assumptions. Yeah. Very much so. And the other thing is if your goals, if you walk in and you have goals that are very, we will use the word kind of not outlandish, but just not reasonable for the situation, mm-hmm. your trainer needs to tell you that. You yeah. walked in with a young, very resource guardy dog who is somewhat large and a young and an old, very small dog who time. is very lost most of the time. And you went, can they live together? And I went, honestly, after two years of almost continuous fighting and multiple incidents, and this dog is old and has dementia and just like, no. Right. Yes, they can live together, but you need to provide some management. Are they going to free play in the backyard? Yeah. Um, I'm going to say no. Now, I can be wrong. I mean, seven sessions later, maybe your dog's personality completely changes with training. But honestly... Spoiler, it didn't. (laughs) Yeah, weird. (laughs) But that's the thing is if you walk in and the trainer just says, yes, we can, and it seems outlandish, and it seems like the wild shooting hope is that I want my dog who has bit three people to be a therapy dog. Yeah. If you walk in and the trainer says, absolutely, walk out. Right. (laughs) No. Well, like, and I understand it's, I understand that it's hard to let go of the hope of just like, yeah, that'd be nice. But like, I would rather, like... You need, you need You realistic. had said at one point, throw in that wild goal yeah. to see if they tell you, you something yeah. straight. If you walk in, yeah, and you're like, oh, I want to take my dog to the moon. And then they go, let's do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Somebody should tell you that dogs can't go to space. Well, they yeah. can, but it's very messy. Um, but <laughs> there's tells world science has explained a lot to me wow. about dogs in space. We're not going to get into it. Um, that's a whole other episode. But anyway, right? I'm like if you go in and if I came in and I was like, I want to take my dog to the moon, and they go, Well, I don't think that's realistic. But hey, like maybe we can take your dog to like for a the walk. Park. Yeah, like to a park <laughs> for a walk. Okay, well that's not the moon, but I suppose that'll do. Yeah. Throw something in there and be like, hey, so... Throw them off. Throw yeah. them off the trail. Yeah. Because <laughs> I really value honesty in a trainer, and I think a lot of people should. Yeah. Because if you walk in and the trainer immediately goes, of course I can train that. Of course we They're can lying. do that. They, yeah, 
Yes. Everybody has strengths and everybody has weaknesses. And that's okay. Yes. And the best thing that I think like a really good quality in trainers and in people in general is like acknowledging your weaknesses. Absolutely. And if you can be honest about that to a client about what your weaknesses are, cool. Like that's awesome. Because yes. either like... Because cool, if you can't be honest to a client about what your weaknesses are, you're also probably not honest about what your weaknesses are to yourself. Or you're just not confident enough and you don't yes. want to admit that. And that's like... But then it's like no like yeah i because this is a very solo industry like we are in a company there's a bunch of us that train together we know each other's strengths and weaknesses um i'm going to take anything with pointy ears that comes through the door and wants to eat me anything that looks like it is going to hide in a corner and pee for three days that's me (laughs) wonderful and we're i mean could we take each other's brand of a perfect behavioral case sure but would we enjoy it no and would you do a better job of that then i would absolutely would i do a better job with the pointy ear dog trying to eat someone right absolutely that's where a, that's where we're very fortunate because we're in a company where yeah. there's a bunch of team. people yeah. a lot of people because they're solo trainers or they're solo trainers with like one other person right. i think kind of struggle with self-awareness and the like tur- you're turning down business if you don't yes. have a diverse group of people training with you then you are going to specialize in something you are going to be really good at five things, but you're going to be really not great at five things. But when you say no, that means you're losing business now. Yes. And that's really hard for people. So I get it. A hundred percent. I get it. But there's also something to be said for being like, hey, I'm really good at this and I, I really only want to take stuff that I'm really good at. I think you would be better served with Sienna down the road who would do this. And it's yeah. kind of hard to step back and be like, yeah, somebody else is better at another company. It's easier for us here because I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm not the trainer for you. But I'm going to put you on Sienna's schedule. She'll be here in an hour. Yeah. It's and a I little think- bit different. It's different, but like, yeah, it's definitely a green flag if they can be honest. And it's a red flag if like, especially if you're throwing them off the trail and they just, they just are literally just trying to sell them. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're selling you, but like, yeah. I don't want that. And I mean, cause we specialize in behavior work. Like we see a lot of people that were their third, fourth and fifth trainers yeah. and a big red flag for, well, a big red flag for you is that people have shown up from three or four or five trainers and no one has ever been able to touch the dog. And that was never a goal of the trainers was like, here, we're going to work towards someone being able to handle your dog. We're going to work towards someone being able to touch your dog. Well, yeah, like, and I, because like, yeah, I do, I like working the more fearful dogs and stuff. And obviously they come usually like, don't exactly like warm up to people quickly immediately. And right. They have a lot of like confidence that they need to work through and blah, blah, blah. And I get that. But like at no point, and even if like we don't hit it after five sessions, it's not like that was never like, that's always going to be my goal is to interact mm-hmm. with your dog. Maybe we don't get to the Even point where me, I take the leash. someone. Right. Someone can the interact. Or at least, rumor. yeah, you have enough, leaving these sessions, you have enough, like, management and structure to at least, like, yeah, like, take, mu- okay, we've learned to muzzle, so now we can take them to the vet and it's safer. They can go in a crate, so now mm-hmm. we can transport them and it's a little, like, someone can come over to the house and we have a place to put them. So at least I've given you those kind of tools. And then aside from that, like, yeah, like, a huge goal of mine is just, like, if, if somebody comes in and is just like, yeah, I will never touch your dog. I'm just going to give you kind of vocal instructions. Mm-hmm. Well, why can't you touch my dog? And it, like explain why you can't touch my dog and explain. Why you don't think that someone should be able to interact with the dog. Right. Like I'm going to tell you as someone that owns a dog that cannot be touched by anyone but the two primary handlers. Um, it's very difficult and it limits the dog's future pretty significantly if they were to ever get injured. And if you're like from a behavior standpoint of like. 
yeah, it's maybe really hard, but like we, the goal should be to build up their confidence mm-hmm. and like work through it to like, mm-hmm. that shouldn't be a completely bonkers thing. Yeah. And like, yes, is it bonkers to maybe say, oh, I'm going to take your dog and we're going to be best friends and we're going to have belly rubs and like, we're going to make it a therapy for, dog. Right. Yeah, no, no, crazy. no. But like, should I be able to take the leash and walk your dog to a crate, unclip the leash? Cool. Yes, yes I should. Absolutely. And if that's not when you're, if, if you're, if you have a dog with that kind of concern of like people and handling and confidence and stuff, if you go to a trainer and they do not, that's even not even like, on the list, that's a concern. Then that's a red flag. And then you go, okay, then this isn't the facility for me. And that's okay. But yeah. again, that's vetting is important. Yeah. That's your big one. Like, cause you get a lot of fearful dogs that yeah. show up. So you have a lot of people where oh, no one has ever been able to touch my dog or mentioned wanting it. I get a lot of the dogs with pretty significant bite histories already. Yeah. So my big one in that same realm is they show up and I'm their third, fourth or fifth trainer and they show up and they're absolutely astounded that we have safety protocols. Yeah. If you say that you do behavior work and you specifically do reactivity or aggression with an existing bite history and you don't have safety protocols about arriving at the facility, handling your dog, how you're going to handle your dog, where dogs will be on the property you don't do reactivity and aggression and not at the level of someone that like dealing with someone with an existing bite history yeah because a lot of bites come from a lack of management or a a, just a bad opportunity at the wrong time yeah right so we don't want to add to that so if you say wow my dog has a three dog bite history and you go do you do behavior work and they say yes and you show up and you can just walk into the lobby where like four dogs are behind a baby gate looking at that lobby, leave, Yeah. leave. They knew you were coming with a dog that has multiple bites on dogs and there are dogs through a baby gate. Yeah. They, you have no idea if this dog is muzzle trained. God knows if you've had a proper like pre-assessment or if you're showing up to an assessment and you're like, wow, my dog has human bites. People are amazed when they show up here. And we're like, we will escort you from the car. Yeah. From the time you get on this property, everything is very, very controlled and strategic yeah. because the vast majority of our clients already have a bite history and we don't need to increase it. So we make sure we're only moving one dog at a time. We make sure when you come in that there is back lines and, and you're going to, we're very clear, you're going to put your dog here. You're going to stand here. We're going to back clip you on this so that it is a safety yes. line. One of the first things we're probably going to do is muzzle train because I love when I have a three or fourth or fifth trainer client with multiple bites on something and they don't, they're not muzzle trained at all. They're not even like, I own a muzzle and I was never able to muzzle train. Like they've been through three trainers and no one at any point mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. And I find it funny because like a large part, there's also that like, I find quite a few of those same clients who like four or five trainers bites and stuff. If they are muzzled. A large portion of them is because the owners have Googled it and been yes. like, oh, I should muzzle them. Yes. No, because it'll be like the one thing that's going on good. And you're like, oh, sweet. They're muzzle trained. Who told you to do mm-hmm. that out of your trainers? And they're like, oh, Google. no. And I just Googled it. And you're like, okay, cool. Okay. I know where you're at. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. But so that's the thing is if you want someone to be dealing with severe behavior, I would actually look for hoops. Like we have a number of hoops that you kind of have to jump through. Yeah. Um, you know. If you say, hey, my dog has two bites on people or a puncture bite or has attacked another dog and we go, okay, cool. Thank you for that info. Here's here's our self-assessment. Here's our first kind of questionnaire. We're going to break some of that down. I want you to return that. Okay, well, we're going to request an in-person assessment because I want to see your dog. Okay, 
we're going to start you with this, but part of your first session might be an assessment. Hey, like we're when you get here we are going to ask you to wait in your car we're going to bring you into the right room we're going to clear out the dogs in that room if we have concerns before you ever get here and And i think i think it might seem like especially here like it might seem overkill especially to those like you know like our puppy clients or like just like a person who's just like here for like minor minor things kind of thing it might seem overkill but it's just like why are we gambling? Why are we yes. gambling, especially with dogs with bites? And like, especially, like, why are we gambling just to see? Mm-hmm. Like, a fuck. I I love gambling. I think that's wicked fun times. Let's mm-hmm. make it. But bet. you don't need to gamble cool. with something else's right. Life. I was gonna say I will gamble with myself all day. I'm not gambling with your dog, my dog, or your safety. Like that's mm-hmm. not a thing. No. So it's just like if you're walking into somewhere and like it seems kind of sketch, just in the sense of like yeah, like it's a loose daycare situation and you're just walking in and like there's there or or on the flip side, if you're dealing with like a human. Like, they're human aggressive or iffy kind of thing. And if you walk in and it's, like, there's a crowd of people or, like, a person comes to get you or, like, you're walking to the building and there's people right there and nobody cleared the lobby, no nothing. It's, like, no, no, you came in you said my dog has a bite on a human and all of a sudden there's a crowd of people, nobody's moving. Mm -hmm. Like, the second a client gets out of car here, like, I, even if it's a puppy, I'm, like, 10 feet behind and I'll be, like, I always ask. I'm, like, how's your dog with people? Like, just for a general opening question, just because, like, yeah, because of the dogs we get. But also, like, I'm not here to get bit. No. Like, no. no. And a lot of bites can be prevented with basic management yeah. and just a little bit of knowledge beforehand. And that's, so that's definitely one thing. But I mean, we, so we do a lot of behavior, so we have safety protocols, but it'd be like if you were like, I'm going to go take agility classes from someone that doesn't have equipment. Yeah. Oh, 100%. you would look at that and you'd immediately be like, this seems weird. And you'd leave. If you're going to somewhere for a behavior concern and they don't have behavior protocols in place, yeah, leave. Then yeah, and and that's okay. Yeah. Like, and I feel like there's a large group of people who like maybe just feel like, oh, I'm trusting a professional. But again, we circle back to this is an un- unregulated industry, and anyone can call themselves a professional. So I understand you're going in of being like, well, I have a dog trainer and they're a professional, and they're standing there telling me to hand the hand me them hand my dog over to them, even though I've told them they're super human aggressive and will bite them, and they're saying just give it to me anyway, like. Uh, that's a really sketch okay. situation. Can you, know? you explain to me why you want to handle my dog that I've just explained to you has right. three bites without and a muzzle and like without yeah. like why is, is there now? Here's the thing. I'm like to be to be fair. Sometimes you look at the dog and you're like, I know exactly why this dog has three bites. Yeah, I can take this dog and it's totally fine. But the trainer should be able to explain to you that why. Yeah, as well. And I'm like, if you walk in and yeah, they have three bites and they're just like, hand it over to me for clout hand it over to me so that i can string it up hand it over to me so that i can prove how so that i can create a situation that it proves how bad this is so i can upsell you on another program which happens frequently i'm out yeah absolutely not but that's the same as i mean one of the things we talked about when we were like what is a green flag for a trainer i mean your gut feeling we talk yes. a lot about do a vibe check. We talk about a lot about vibe this with checks. the dogs. We walk Love in them. and we're like, check the vibes. And if they're weird, don't touch the dog. That's and written on most good, of the whiteboards of like bad vibes. We'll just wait it out. We'll get someone else. Um, Good vibes. You're clear. Just, yeah. you know, you read those vibes. And read your, so read your trainer's vibes. Like yeah. if you walk in and what they're saying, just, it just doesn't have good vibes. Walk out. If your yeah. gut feeling is that this seems weird, it probably is. Just because you're new to the industry does not mean 
that you need to hire the first person there. Right. If you, and it doesn't mean that you have no knowledge. It just means that you might not know what you have to ask for. But if you walk in with your minor amount of knowledge and your minor amount of knowledge is telling you, this seems sketch. You're probably right. Or just like, even just like, yeah, the personalities doesn't gel and you're just like, honestly, like maybe they are the yeah. right trainer as in like they have the right methods or they've trained dogs similar to yours. But then if you're talking to them and you're like, mm, they're probably not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to like learn stuff from them. And like, it's not going to be a great mm. teacher student relationship. And like, if that's okay, if that doesn't work, if they, if they work out great with your dog, cool. That's one thing. But if they don't pass the vibe check with you. Yeah, you're a big Again. part of the training thing. Yeah. Right? Really, like, when you hire a trainer, their job, for the most part, like, especially if we're talking, like, private lessons or group classes, is their job is to teach you how to teach your dog. They're yeah. not, like, they can take your dog and train it, but that's mm -hmm. not really, sometimes that's not what you're going for. Their job is to teach you. So if yeah. you don't think that we can listen to them for an hour. And in the same hand, if they are not teaching you during their lesson, and this is one of the only things I'm going to hit on with, like... I don't even think it's being a shitty person. Whatever. I'm just going to be like, Let's hey. Call it being a yeah, shitty. I'm just like, <laughs> fuck it. it. I won't even justify it. I'm just like, listen, if you walk in and their job is to teach you how to train your dog and train your dog and they spend a whole pile of time talking about other trainers and everything you've done before and why it's not applicable, that is a waste of your time. Mm. You, if they're talking to you and they're, it's a lot of talking, but they're talking about how you can improve this and how the relationship between you and your dog and that per, them themselves, like that trainer in particular can be improved by doing X, Y, Z talk for days. Yeah. If they're in that session talking a lot and they're just talking about things in the past that didn't serve you well, say, or, or they're other just throwing big words and like, Oh my God. You if love they, big if, words. If they just only use five syllable words cool they're just trying to make themselves feel better i mean go to therapy i was gonna say Literally. back to therapy <laughs> if they need to use five word five syllable words to justify to you why their shit is important it's not that important right. because I can literally explain anything we do here in two syllable words to a six year old. Right. Like it's just 100 because I don't need to make myself feel better because I can use like, the words like variable reward system and sensitivity. Like, yeah, like if, there's words to everything. Yes. Like there are big fancy words for all of this. Like, cause yeah, especially you know what's a really good work? word that everyone should Google? Dunning-Kruger effect. You want to use a big fucking word? Go Google that one. Okay. But like. Yeah, no. like, because, and it, at least in the behavior umbrella, like, this is all just, like, psychology. Like, this yes. is all just, like, so, yes, there are big fancy words so for everything. So many fancy words. Oh, my gosh. All the words. But there's also little words, and it's just, yeah. they all mean the same thing. Treat yeah. your dog. Feed. Feed. Yeah. Because you know what? <laughs> if you're really good at something, you should be able to break it down. You shouldn't be trying to be like, hey, this is the most difficult thing on the planet. Because here, this is what I also tell people. I'm like, okay, cool. If you want to be a dog trainer and train your dog for six fucking hours a day... Be a dog trainer and train your dog for six fucking hours a day. But if you go to a trainer, they should they know that training your dog is a small piece of your life. Training yeah. my dog is a huge part of my life. Yeah. But it's a small part of a pet owner's life. Weird. And if they aren't telling you how to make training manageable for your lifestyle, and they're trying to tell you it is rocket science, and they're trying to tell you how complicated this can be. Or I'm you like, need to spend actually, hours and hours and hours on it. Yeah. I'm I, like, okay, yeah. but that's not reasonable for pet owners. One thing I... Uh, like I like that you've said in privates before if you can work them for your breakfast or work them for their dinner and blah blah, blah. cool and then uh, the owners will kind of come back and be like okay well like I leave for work early in the early in the morning and but and you're like 
cool then like do it in the afternoon or something because it's just then don't don't I'm change okay. i think yeah. you've said like don't change your whole life for your dog because like that's mm-hmm. not your life right now so like don't and that's change probably your whole not life sustainable we are looking for sustainable training solutions that will work for your dog and your life in your situation yeah now are we gonna say yes your dog can make it to the moon not even with six hours a day but are we going we our job is to create something sustainable for you and your dog in the long term moving not always sustainable telling your dog it cannot experience xyz for the rest of its life not always sustainable Mm -hmm. telling you that you can't put your you you, your dog gets problem it has problems in cars so it can just never ride in a car unless it's just drug to the yeah now i mean if that's a fear thing that's a fear thing but specifically i'm i heard this with border collie people you know, boy, uh, we've had a couple border collies that like they just want to go through the window at all the other cars. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you just shouldn't drive your dog anywhere. Okay. okay. I guess I'll just never. We live in Canada. I guess we're walking. This is not Europe. We all put on we your have boots. To drive I know we're walking places. in minus forty to the vet. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's the thing. Is so. And I mean, if you have a very severe problem and you haven't dealt with it for three or four years, yeah, you know what? You're going to have to put some effort into this. That's cool. Yes. But there should be a okay. You're in an intensive training phase. When you finish this, you'll be in a maintenance phase and your yeah. maintenance phase will be, you know, 20 minutes a day, an hour a day split into three chunks. Yeah. Your maintenance is going to be getting your dog into this activity and doing X, Y, Z for five minutes a day. Like yeah. most dogs problems are not severe enough that it requires 24 seven management or continuous six hours of work a day for the right. next eight and years. if they are like that's probably a different program yeah and that's and, okay yeah but it's yes. all yeah like it's just if your trainer kind of comes at it of like it's up to you to go and like take two hours every single day to do this yeah. and do this and drill them and drill them and it's just and they never explain why and you're just spending all this time and effort and like maddie did that I did when that. You did that. Yeah, <laughs> you did that. Maddie did that before we hired Maddie. Yeah. Maddie was, she had like, they they gave her what she needed to do every day. Oh my God. She did every single thing yeah. above and beyond forever and it never improved. And she thought, oh my it's God. It's her. Like, uh, yeah. Everybody assumes, yes. oh, well, it's her. And if you Google it, you'll Google and you'll see some things that say like, oh, training really depends on the owner following through and really. So then it kind of reinforces, oh, it must be me. I, I must be doing training. something wrong. Yeah. Or you were not set up for success. Yeah. Yeah. And that can come down to having a trainer that is good at setting you up for success. A trainer that has experience with the niche of training you are looking for. And having a trainer that just is like really interested in having their clients succeed, not having their clients come back and be repeat this group class, repeat this group class, repeat this group class. Because a lot of trainers will get you 80% of the way there and say, oh, you have to come back for another thing in order to complete this. They'll get you 80% of the way there and say, oh, well, you have to just keep coming back. Yeah. This will be effective eventually. And they're just looking for, like, frequent flyer and like, clients. I don't. I also want to say, like, we're not – I'm not saying you need to find a trainer that guarantees they'll fix your issues in three weeks. Like, no, Or God, say no. that your issue, depending on what it is, will go away in three weeks. Like, they are dogs. They are living things. It is, you know. But, yeah, look at what your trainer's saying and judge but, if it's realistic or not. Yeah, like, there's – timelines are a thing. Yeah. You're not always the best at following them and, like, they, you know. Uh. Yeah. But, like – they are a thing or like the dogs who it's like they're they're you know they're not spring chickens they're like five years six years they've spent mm-hmm. their whole life doing whatever it is that mm-hmm. unwanted that behavior they've been doing it for years yeah. and years and years 
well, yeah, it's going to take a long time to like break that down and rebuild what you mm-hmm. want. So that all takes time. Yeah. But yeah. It's not you like, hey, you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but old habits do die yeah. hard. Oh, yeah. 100%. Oh, yeah. That is far more accurate than you can't teach an old dog new tricks. You just can't necessarily break apart seven years of behavior in three private lessons and rebuild new behaviors. I right now can learn, I can learn French right now if I wanted to. That doesn't mean I'm going to forget English and it doesn't mean that English isn't going to be my first language. Unfortunately, it's the same thing with bad habits. So like- And under stress, your original language is going to pop out because you are under stress. So even if you have, I love when we're working with reactivity and the 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 clients are like, the dog's really good and we went down the street and it was okay and we saw a dog and we've seen some success. We've seen some success. And then like they have a week that's really busy at work and they don't get a lot done and it's really nice out on the weekend and they go out and they see double the amount of dogs and the dogs start barking and they're like, oh my God, my dog reacted all over. I've screwed it up completely. I'm like, no, 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 man. There was just a lot of pressure and it was a rough week and the original behavior popped out because the new habit is still too new. Because if they're... I have a bad day, I am still going to go have a Coke and a pizza. That is going to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't care if I, I, I'm trying to be healthy. So like, no, yeah, that is going to go out the window as soon as I feel a moderate, not even a decent <laughs> amount of stress. Like, like a minor amount of stress. Because, I'm getting a pizza. Because this is all crazy, but we're all just living things, living, Weird. breathing things that like have moods and like emotions yeah. and like. And that's the know. thing is I'm going to order a Coke and a pizza and. I don't, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm, I'm good. If you are so upset when you are stressed and your reaction to stress is a long-term habit, you can get a little bit upset and be like, oh, I should have done differently. Yeah. But if that affects you so bad that it throws you off completely, again, therapy is a better option than dog training sometimes. Man. Just we're gonna hook up with a therapist one day and that's gonna be a fun day yeah we're literally like i want to put a card in the lobby and yeah. just be like listen do we have it i'm sure we have a client who's a, who's a therapist yeah i think we'll we have, have to like find two them. or three. Oh, really yeah 100 percent. let's get their cards a hundred percent get them really some business should. i love that we better tap this yeah 100 okay bye wow that was so good adios